0: Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on the 1st of August, 2022. Now, just so you folks know, Rare Petro has some big things in the works, so I will likely be traveling for the next three months. Those of you who are longtime listeners may remember when this happened about this time last year. It was away for a little more than five months, but the content kept flowing. Since then, we've really doubled down to make sure we get more content out to you every weekday. I can't promise we'll be hitting everything as hard as we were before, but we will have a great team here in Colorado, so I don't anticipate it being a problem. Hell, you might even be hearing more from our intern, Nick. However it shakes out, know that we will still be putting out some of the best energy-related content on the internet. But you didn't come here to listen to me wail about the inconsistencies of a traveling engineer. You came to hear all about the biggest stories and read between the data lines. Let's do it. It was a wild morning for commodity prices. Timing is key here. We know that Monday's volatile, but a new month can introduce a bit of uncertainty as well. The big thing to note is that people are looking towards decreased activity in China. Chinese factory activity contracted, meaning that there will be some questions centered around demand. Will it decrease? Can things get worse if this new COVID strain causes parts of China to shut down? These are the questions in the front of traders' minds, and it seems that they share a bearish sentiment. WTI down 5% to 94.70. Brent down 4% to a flat 100. Natural gas down 2.25% to about $8. It's a red Monday for commodities, while other markets, the more traditional ones, have been performing just a little bit better. Still, we got a little bit of news coming out later this week, so these prices aren't necessarily guaranteed to fall lower. OPEC will be meeting on August 3rd to discuss future plans now that 2020 cuts are rolled back. While it holds potential as a meeting where new ground is broken on production increases, I'm really skeptical that anything will come out of it. All those fellows are struggling in their own regard, so any significant supply changes would truly surprise me. Overall, not the best Monday morning for commodity prices. Next is the rig count. Fortunately, we've got some good news here, as the count went up 9 to a total of 767. That's 279 more rigs than we had this time last year. Basin by basin, the Arcoma Woodford, Eagleford, and Permian all put up two rigs each. The Haynesville was even able to add one to its total. Surprisingly, the Cana Woodford lost five rigs, lowering its total from 29 to 25. Ouch. State by state, We didn't see a ton of change, a few here and there, with Texas being up the most at six more rigs. West Virginia was the only loser who happened to be down two rigs. These new rigs will be targeting oil, and virtually all of them will be horizontal. Other than that, we see one more rig in the Gulf. We can always count on our good buddy, the rig count, to lift our mood. Our last statistic to cover regards domestic inventories. You can always find our weekly Thirsty Thursday report paired with a fun drink recipe on our website. Here's the bare-bones info if you missed the last one. The EIA expected a decent drawdown of 1 million barrels, though that would be just a dent in recent builds. According to their reported data, the actual drawdown was about 4.5 million barrels. The API made a slightly larger prediction, but reported slightly smaller results. Still, the drawdown was significant at more than 4 million barrels. This drawdown comes at a time when it looked like builds would become the norm. It is relieving that builds can still be this big. But while this is a drawdown, it doesn't do much to bring domestic inventories below their historic five-year range, for now. Now record lows could be in the cards as the root issue of the energy crisis has not really been addressed, and eventually the U.S. will stop releasing 1 million barrels per day from the SPR. While some folks are recognizing lower gas prices, that may not be the case for long. Last week's gasoline build of 3.5 million barrels is almost entirely erased by this week's 3.3 million barrel draw. At this point, looks like we are doomed to stay outside of the historical range. The next few months have traditionally been a time period where drawdowns become more frequent, so this may leave us paying a ton at the pump this winter. Until then, we recommend you enjoy the comparatively low gas prices, as the national average slows around $4 per gallon. Texas holds the record for the cheapest gallon, with a state average of $3.761 per gallon. Even Californians rejoice as their average gallon comes closer and closer to $5.50. Whichever way you cut it, fuel is cheaper all across the country, and price gouging at the pump is no longer a popular narrative. The gap between current distillate stocks and historic inventories is starting to widen, though no short-term trend is clear. The long term suggests that we are in a period of decline starting as early as January of 2020. This is a time when one would expect a series of builds. Propane, however, is looking to come back into its predictable and tight historical range like the well-behaved commodity that it is. Folks, I believe that wraps up the statistics portion of this podcast. Now it's high time we look through some current events. As the green transition becomes more and more aggressive, a growing number of countries are securing their mineral resources. We've talked about it in the context of Mexico and other well-known countries, though you may be surprised to hear Kyrgyzstan is taking matters into its own hands. It all started back in May of 2021, when authorities seized the Kumtor gold mine that Canada had been developing for many, many years. A bold move for a country that receives 20% of its governmental revenues from the mining sector. From there, the government continued to introduce policies that favored state operations and made it exceedingly difficult for private companies to compete. Things like non-compete agreements, huge license renewal fees for non-state companies, and tenfold increase in water fees where, you guessed it, state companies were exempt. The government maintains that it performed an audit and found many private companies buying as many licenses for operations that they could for 5-10 to year periods, only to turn around and sell them. Whether or not that is true, these countries do reserve the right to control what goes on within their borders, and it's pretty easy to come up with a story like this if they want you out. You could look at an official in a funny way, and they just might boot you. Perhaps it's not the best interest of the country in question to do so, but either way, they can still kick you out. I imagine we will be seeing more stories like this as developing and developed nations realize they can profit from the sector without other countries coming in under the guise of being helpful. While many Kyrgyz people within the government are criticizing the actions, no one can be quite sure what will happen in the future. For now, it looks as many as 90% of current private license holders may relinquish their claims to mining licenses. Keep an eye out because the current resource scarcity is causing more folks to choose theirs over yours. Next, a quick look at one of the strongest economies in Europe. Germany had restarted its coal power plants as they have access to lots of lignite. now. It's restarting another two power plants running on oil in an effort to conserve natural gas before the winter. Don't worry, though. Germany is taking other measures to ensure that gas power is available through winter, like reducing the temperatures of indoor and outdoor swimming pools, enclosing saunas, or turning off the spotlights pointed at historical monuments or municipal buildings. To make matters worse, the original plan to shut down three nuclear plants in light of the Fukushima disaster is set to be executed by the end of this year, though officials have only toyed with the idea of reversing the plan. The Greens are part of the coalition government and are firmly opposed to extending nuclear power through 2022, though they may change their song by the time February arrives. I worry that this winter could get to be very bad for many people, and it's really up to Russia to decide how it wants to play this game. While I do think they will limit gas flows, I doubt they will fully terminate them. At this point, it seems that they are prepared to respond to the G7 price cap. Russia refused to acknowledge the price cap if it were to be instated, and would not sell to anyone enforcing it, though they did say they would be open to selling energy supplies to others who also refused to acknowledge the price cap. At that point, governments will either be prioritizing support for Ukraine or the wellness of their people, and the worst part of all of this is that these two options seem to be Mutually exclusive. Makes you thankful to live in a country with such a wealth of energy resources, whether or not we have the administration that wants to produce them. I know we visit a lot of the same topics week after week, but it is important to get the whole story and see these things evolve on a timeline. Back in 2020, we talked a lot about COVID, and now, in 2022, we talk a lot about Russia. I can't be sure what we'll be talking about in 2023 or 2024, though I do think it will have to do with an energy shortage and struggling economies. Energy ties into all of these conversations, and it's important to see how so in order to become the best energy professionals that we can be. If you want to continue taking advantage of this wonderful free resource known as the Rare Petro Podcast and Media Network, go ahead and frack that follow button on whatever platform you're listening through, and follow us on LinkedIn to stay plugged into all things energy. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody.